You're listening to the Heart-Centered Service Podcast. A podcast to help freelancers create the lifestyle of their dreams while doing work that brings them purpose. I'm your host, Francesca Mamlin. And I'm your other host, Krista Aoki. Each week, we'll release new episodes with tips and personal stories for online service-based entrepreneurs. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 24 of Heart Centered Service. In today's episode, we're interviewing couples therapist Elizabeth Earnshaw, also known on Instagram as at Liz Listens. Elizabeth is a couples therapist from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and she's passionate about helping people develop healthier relationships with themselves and with others. So you might be wondering why is a couples therapist on a podcast about freelancing? But as we say often um, on the show, freelancing can empower you to become the best version of yourself. And at the core of heart-centered service is connecting with your inner voice so that you can positively impact others you work with. So today we're talking with Elizabeth about setting healthy boundaries as a freelancer. So with that being said, thank you, Elizabeth, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, Why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about you, your work, and your mission? Hi, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to talking more about boundaries, especially in terms of how it relates to freelancing. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. Um, I'm a couples therapist, like you mentioned. I work in Philadelphia. I have my license in marriage and family therapy, and I'm a certified Gottman therapist. All of my training has essentially been in relationship in relationship therapy models and in just relationship science. And it's something I'm really passionate about. I think that the more we learn how to have better relationships with other people, the easier really life becomes, whether it's work or romantic relationships or family. Um, And so it's just really close to my heart. I'm also a mom. I have a two-year-old and I am a wife. um, And that's kind of me in a nutshell. Awesome. Yeah, we uh, we were just saying before we started recording, we're just obsessed with your Instagram. And we uh, we feel like the posts where you've um, talked about boundaries and where you've talked about like inner child, or like pretty much all of your posts are so like, they make us feel so seen and they, they bring up <laughs> issues that are so important. Um, and you define boundaries in one of your posts as starting with knowing what you need and then finding the voice to express that need. So can you talk a little bit more about boundaries and blurred boundaries and how they might relate, relate to a freelancer or a work environment? Yeah, so when I talk about this stuff, I'll make sure that it all is connected to freelancing and and work environments. So that post that you're talking about where it's really important to explore what we need before we can even set a boundary, right? And I think that a lot of times in the workplace, and whether you're self-employed or you're freelancing or whatever it is, we kind of don't tap in a lot to what we need we are tapping in a lot to what the customer needs, right? Because, and I I work for myself, so this even relates to my own life. Um, So we're thinking a lot about what their deadlines are, the type of um, service that they want that's going to make them happy. um, And we're paying a lot of attention to that. And we have to do that because that's important for our business. That's how we get good reviews and how people continue to refer to us. 
But I think that when we only look at what the other person needs and we get hyper-focused on that, then the boundaries become really blurred. And blurred boundaries look like when sometimes something's okay with us and other times it's not. And I, I think that's like a good way to start to notice if you have blurred boundaries in your life, right? Is it's like, sometimes it's okay to take the 10 p.m. phone call with um, the person who wants me to do a job for them. But then there's these other nights where I'm kind of really frustrated and annoyed with it. And when you start to notice that happening, it's important to step back and think, well, what is really my boundary around this? Because usually if you're feeling annoyed or resentful or overwhelmed, there's some sort of issue going on with boundaries. So that's really a first step is stepping back and thinking, you know, if I'm giving mixed messages of sometimes I'm okay with it, sometimes I'm not okay with it. Um, how is that going to impact my business? It's probably going to impact it significantly. And so what do I need to do to step back and tap into what do I need here? Because it's not all about what this other person needs. And often we find that we need better constraints around how our time is used, um, better boundaries around how much time we give. Um, Payment is a really big one, I think, when it comes to freelancing or being self-employed. And so we can look at what the other person needs, but if we don't look at what we need, then we start to get confusing, I think, to our customers, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I love how you emphasize that um, it's not all about what the customer needs. It's also kind of about what you need, because it's kind of like people talk about like filling your cup. If you're trying to pour yeah. from an empty cup, then you're not actually serving anything. So if you're running yourself ragged because you've got clients who want to get on the phone with you at 10, 11 p.m. and you, um, you know, you're taking on things that aren't right for your energy, then, then you're going to start, you're going to get to a point where you're not serving your clients properly. Um, and then nobody's happy. So yeah, like, and I think the 10 p.m. phone call, like that's, that really resonates with somebody who would work for themselves because like, if you're setting your own hours, maybe sometimes you're you're working in the evening, um, maybe sometimes you're working in the mornings. Um, yeah, so like for somebody who has a schedule like that, that doesn't have a whole lot of structure, um, how, what advice do you have for them in terms of setting time boundaries? Like how do we set those boundaries with our clients if our, if our, lifetime, if our lifestyle is already kind of loosely structured? And that's the interesting thing about boundaries is it's not necessarily about having a hard and fast rule all of the time. So it's not that you have to say to yourself, I'm only working nine to five and I'm never going to take the 10 p.m. phone call. But the really important part is if you're starting to notice that sometimes it's okay with you and other times you're really frustrated during those calls, there is some sort of boundary that you're not putting in place. And it's usually some sort of boundary with yourself. It's actually not even necessarily a boundary with the other person. And so tapping into what is it that I violated with myself with this 10 PM phone call, because on Monday night it was fine, but on Wednesday night I noticed myself the entire phone call, just wishing it would end. Um, hoping that they would cancel the call because I just wanted to go to bed. Like, so what did I violate with myself? And I think my biggest advice is that you sit back and you really start to tune into what you can really agree to. So just because you agreed to it on Monday night doesn't mean you have to agree to it on Wednesday night. And sometimes 
having a boundary is knowing that it's okay to be flexible that way, right? So it might be, yes, I can talk to you at 10 on Monday because my Mondays are really easy, but sorry, I can't take that call on Wednesday because I'm jam-packed on Wednesdays or because that's the day that my partner gets home early from work and I just want to hang out with them or that's the day that I have my yoga class and I don't want to skip it. And so part of setting boundaries again is really knowing what do you need at any given moment. And when you're not paying attention to that and you're just trying to do, you know, what you did the other day or what you gave the other person, then you're really not going to serve yourself or your client very well. And I love how you say that, like, if you're violating a boundary, a lot of times it's because like it, it was you that violated the boundary yourself. Like if you have a client who's overstepping constantly, you have to turn inwards first and be like, okay, so what, what am I doing here that's allowing this to happen? Um, and I think that really leads into um, this next question we really wanted to ask you, which is what are some of the reasons that might um, cause people to overstep our boundaries? Like what are, what are those little things that are happening inside of us that, may, that compel us to feel, to, that compel us to say yes to things, even if they're not like right for us? Yeah, so I think a lot of, the majority of the time when people overstep our boundaries, it's because, like you just said, we said yes at some point, even though it wasn't right for us. There are circumstances where there's people who just overstep boundaries, and that's just who they are, and you could set the best boundaries, and they are going to overstep them anyway, and that's kind of a separate thing. But the part that we have the most control over is those moments when people overstep and I'm putting overstep in quotes because they're not really overstepping if they don't know that they're overstepping. And we often don't tell people our boundaries. And I think especially in um, freelancing self-employment, because we're coming from a place sometimes of, I really want this client. I really want this job. And so I want to please them. And I'm afraid that if I don't make myself really easy, really accessible, that that might push them away. And so we often set up the relationship as a relationship without boundaries. And that's something that my own work I've even learned is in the beginning of my, my self-employment, I was really sending pe people a message that they could do whatever they wanted right away. You know, they would say when can I schedule? And I would be really flexible. You know, I could see you at this time or this time. And they'd say, none of those work for me. How about 7am on a Saturday? Okay, I'll be there. I'll come at 7am on a Saturday because I didn't want to lose the client. But then what happened was we would work together for three months, four months, and that same pattern would be happening. And I'd be feeling frustrated because I don't like to work at seven on Saturdays. And that frustration then goes towards the client. But in reality, if I step back and look at how I engaged in this interaction, I told the client from day one that I was okay with doing whatever time worked for them. And so I already set that precedent. And I think that one of the biggest reasons we end up saying yes over and over and over again when we don't feel comfortable with it is because we set that precedent early on to please, to get the person to work with us. And then we feel like jerks changing it. And so with the example I gave, we feel horrible all of a sudden saying, hey, you know, I know I used to always come in on set at 
seven on Saturdays, but it's not working for me anymore. Because then we think, well, we've really confused this person and they're really not going to like us now. And so I think it often comes from number one, trying to be good customers, trying to give good customer service, people pleasing, and then not believing that we have the right to change the interaction and to be more clear about how the relationship can work. Yeah. So what I want to talk about now is what if somebody is listening and they um, are like, wow, I've made like every mistake and I have all of these clients that are overstepping all of these boundaries. I didn't do a good job right at the beginning. Um, so what would you say to that person if they haven't set those boundaries at the very beginning? What are the steps that they can take now to um, move forward in their client relationships from a more empowered place? Because like, yeah, they might feel like a jerk, like suddenly changing the rules. Um, so what do you have to say to that? It's such a good question. And the advice I'm giving is advice I've used myself. So I'm not just giving you advice out of like a textbook that can't really be applied. I think that a really good hack for that is consider the other professionals in your life. Take a minute to think about how you interact with the professionals that you work with. And that could be a doctor's office that you visit. It could be an attorney you've worked with before. It could be somebody that you've hired as a freelancer, whoever it is. But really step back and think about your interactions with them. And consider moments where they had to change policies. And then I want you to remember that you are a professional too. And that you get to change policies just like they do. And in all of my experiences with other professionals, I don't even bat an eyelid when somebody changes a policy, when they do it well. And so we can all remember moments where like a doctor's office has emailed and said, effective December 1st, I will no longer be seeing patients after 6 p.m. Our new office hours are as follows. And nobody even bats an eyelid. They just say, okay, that's fine. And if it really doesn't work for, for the person getting that email, they go to a different doctor's office. And it's okay. There's, it's, it's all right. That doctor's office isn't hurt by that. And the, the patient is completely fine. And I think that it's the same for you. And sometimes we forget because we live in our own bodies. So everything feels very personal. We forget that we're professionals. And one of the easiest ways to set boundaries at work is to first remember that. And so number one hack, remember you're a professional and think about how other professionals handle backtracking, changing policies. The second is to be transparent and human. And sometimes it's really okay to say, hey, I've been taking 10 p.m. phone calls with you. I know that that's been the best option for several months now. And it's, I've started to notice it's not working for me at that time. I think that I'll be in a much better headspace for you if we start doing our calls between nine and five. What would work for you in there? And we can always have flexibility, right? We can say, this is what, my, this is what I can offer you, but I'm also flexible in what I can offer you. And so being transparent, you know, saying, I know I've been really relaxed in invoicing. Um, I actually work with a lot of freelancers in therapy, and one of the biggest things I hear is the invoicing issue, right, is I've been working with this person, and um, they haven't paid me in six months, and I need to be paid, and it's okay to say, 
I take responsibility for the fact that I allowed this invoice to get that big. And I also do need the invoice to be paid. So I just want to make sure that we kind of reset payment strategies here. Let me know if there's a better way for us to do it. Should we, should I invoice you before the call? Do we need payment plan? But I do need to be paid by blank. And that use of transparency, I think, makes the interaction feel very human. And it allows them to also be transparent with you if they're struggling with the way things have been as well. So I think that those are two easy hacks for um, just kind of rerouting. You know, you, you didn't fail, you didn't mess up, it's not all over, it's fine. You're just rerouting and that's what we do in relationships all the time. Yeah, I really like what you're saying about um, how, um, about looking at what other professionals are doing and kind of tuning into yourself and being uh, just a bit more human. and. The way that you um, say like, oh, hey, like I know I've been really relaxed on really relaxed on the payment structure, then it it brings um, it will bring the conversation down a notch. So it's not like, oh, uh, where where is the payment? Like where how, how come these invoices haven't been paid? And so it exactly. um, makes the conversation so much easier to happen. And I think that it also takes the other person out of a defensive space because otherwise they kind of feel like you're insinuating it's their fault, right? And in reality, maybe it is, it's also that things just haven't been clear. And I think that the more we can make things clear and that we can own that things weren't clear, the more willing people are to be completely happy to um, shift the way that they also are doing business with us. I like also how on Instagram you've um, listed what setting boundaries can look like. And um, we talked in this episode about how um, it's good to like look within yourself and maybe look at what's frustrating you because that might be somewhere where you really need to adjust and think about um, think about the way that you're um, structuring your business. So I really like the example um, you have. I, I check my email when I get into the office. I'll respond to you then. Like, um, I know that a lot of freelancers who feel compelled to um, answer Slack notifications immediately or are always checking their email inboxes. Like, um, I'm around freelancers all the time. And so people are always like responding to emails at dinner and stuff. Um, but um, what are other examples that you might have about uh, setting boundaries in a work setting? Yeah, and so I'm going to revert, not reverse, but also talk about something that's opposite of what I said earlier, which is we don't always need hard and fast rules, which is totally true. So if you're cool some nights taking a 10 p.m. phone call and other nights you're not, that's fine. Take the 10 p.m. phone call sometimes. But a lot of times we can also really help ourselves by having some hard and fast rules. And by having those, we communicate to the client better too, or whoever we're working with, um, what they can expect. And so then it's not as big of a deal if we're not getting back to our emails all the time, right? So you can, and I've had to do this myself, I've given myself rules about when I check emails, right? So. I used to check them all hours. You know, I would pull it up, and if there was a 10 p.m. email, I would get back to it at 10 p.m. Now, if I see a 10 p.m. email, I get back to it at 9. 
And so my, my rule is I'm responding to emails between nine and five. And what that has helped me to do is to not always feel like I have to be at somebody's fingertips. But what it's helped the people who work with me to do is to just know that it's not weird that I'm not rating them back. Because sometimes if we don't have rules like that within ourselves, it's, again, really confusing to the other person. If I'm writing back right away at 10 p.m. sometimes, and then other days I'm not writing back for a full um, evening and I'm getting back just between 9 and 5, then people don't really know who they're working with. And so coming up with some rules that you just follow yourself, it could be something like I only answer emails nine to five, or it could be I answer them at all hours, but um, I give myself a 10 hour grace period. So people hear with, from me within 10 hours, they don't need to hear with, um, from me within 30 minutes. And so coming up with rules for yourself can really be helpful so that you know what to follow. Some other examples of what they can sound like in the workplace are, like Krista just said, the example of, I check my emails when I get in, um, and I will respond tomorrow. I know a lot of people will get a follow-up text about an email that they got, and so that's an example I like to use for that. So somebody will send an email, and then they'll follow up with a text, hey, I just sent an email, did you check it? It's like, no. <laughs> or yes, but I haven't gotten back to you yet. <laughs> but sometimes then responding to that text with, I did get it. I respond to my emails between nine and five. You'll hear from me tomorrow can really be a helpful way to maintain that relationship, but also set, um, kind of set a stage for what this relationship looks like. Another thing that happens a lot is that people are asked to do jobs when they can't do them. So on holidays, weekends, evenings when you're with your kids, Tuesday afternoon when you're taking a yoga class, like whatever, your time is your time and you get to use it as you want. And sometimes people will say, I can't meet up this week, but I could do Saturday. Or how about since we both have off on Christmas Day, we meet up on Christmas Day. And it is okay to say, I don't do work calls or meetings on um, those days. I really like to keep my, my work meetings during business hours. So that's another example of a boundary that you can set at work. Um, Another example is when people ask you to do things that aren't in your job description. So that's really common as well. Somebody will say, I know I gave you this job, but would you mind also just quickly doing A, B, and C? And it's okay to say, I hear, and again, you can empathize when you're setting boundaries. So you can say, I hear that that's something that we really need to do here, or that's something you really need done and I'm not going to have time for that, it might be a good idea to find somebody else to do that task because right now I'm focused on the thing I was already assigned. And so being able to own that you already were given a job description and that if that other person wants you to do something else, you certainly don't have to do it and um, that they will have to then find somebody else to do it and that's totally okay. Yeah, I've definitely fallen into the trap myself of like, 
this was early in my freelancing career, I would have clients ask me to do things that had nothing to do with what my business actually did. And what happened was I wasn't able to actually show up for the services I wanted to provide. And I wasn't able to show up in the best way for all of my clients because I had all of these different things that I was trying to get done. And I wasn't focused on my actual business. So even though like it can feel uncomfortable to have those conversations to like turn something down and even to turn down something that might make money. But in the long run, like you're setting those precedents with your clients and with yourself. And I love how you emphasize setting boundaries with yourself. Cause like the, the email thing of only checking email nine to five, if you follow that rule yourself, people are going to notice that. Like what came to mind was I think about the difference between my mom and my dad. My dad answers a text message the second I send it. My mom is really not on her phone that much. So I know that if I send her a text, I have to just sort of chill until she sees her phone again. Whereas my dad, he's going to get a follow-up call a lot faster because I know that he's looking at his text messages. So it's exactly pick up on that. And, and like you mentioned, it's trained you to understand how this person works. And if your dad doesn't write back, he's trained you to know that he will. And so automatically you worry and you think he didn't get it. Something's wrong. He's mad at me, whatever. And our clients feel the same way. If we are very responsive and then we go MIA, um, which the reason we're going MIA is because we didn't set good boundaries. So we couldn't keep up whatever we were doing. Um, it's confusing. They worry. They think this, does this person not want to work? with me anymore? Did they forget about the email I sent them? Did they, um, did something happen to them? And so again, you can be whoever you want to be. You can be the person that responds within 10 minutes, or you can be the person that takes three days. Honestly, like we do not have to be attached to our phones, but you have to be that person consistently. Otherwise, it really sets up a lot of confusion and it makes it very hard for the people you work with to know how to be successful with you. Yeah. And you, it's even as simple as like setting an automatic message. Like um, I read four hour work weeks a couple of years ago and he only checks his email at noon on Mondays. So people get an automatic response saying, I only check my email at noon on Mondays, which you don't have to go that extreme. But um, it's like, very clearly communicated to people and the boundary is set um, and it works. And I love, I love that extreme example because you can go as extreme as you want, as long as it fits in with what you need. And so if he set that four hour work week and he said, I'm only checking emails at noon, there was something he tapped into that he needed. Maybe he said, you know, whoever I am, I need to protect more of my mind space or whoever I am, I need a lot of space to actually do my work and the emails are taking over that or I need a lot of space to work on marketing or to be creative or to exercise or whatever. And so he knew what he needed and he set it up and he said, essentially he's saying, here's what I need. If you want to be a part of my life, I'm, I would love it, but you've got to do this thing that I need. You have to email me on Mondays 
and you have to wait until Monday. And that really gives the other person permission as well, because the other person is certainly welcome to know their own boundaries and to say, well, what I need is somebody who gets back to me every day, so I'm not going to work with you. And that is totally okay, and they're both going to be fine. Both the client who decided that doesn't work for me and the person who said, but this is what works for me. And so, again, an extreme example, but the great thing about boundaries is you totally can be as extreme or as unextreme as you want to be because it's all about what you need. You're communicating to other people, this is what I need. And if you want to be a part of my life, that's wonderful. And if this doesn't work for you, I respect that too. Yeah. Oh, and, and side note, I totally recommend the checking email once a day thing because it allows you to protect your time. Um, your, your, your days are not set by what is in your inbox. Your days are set by what are the priorities for the day. Um, and email has its own like designated time slot, which is amazing. I, it works for me. Um, and it's a boundary that I've always enforced. Um, so yeah, like what are um, some other examples of how boundaries can help you show up better um, for your clients as a freelancer? Some other reasons that boundaries are really helpful, and I think you just started tapping into this idea. The reason you check your email once is probably because if you checked it all day, you get tangled up in a whole bunch of projects that actually don't do anything for your business, right? So all of a sudden you're responding to your accountant's need for an IRS document. All of a sudden you're responding to somebody else's need for your schedule next week and like all of these things. And then it's like 6 PM and you've absolutely done nothing other than send documents back and forth. And so boundaries not only help to protect our energy, but I think that they help to protect our focus and they help us to be more productive in the workplace. When you have really good boundaries, um, you can, you can designate time for the stuff that you're actually trying to do for the person who's hired you. And you can make that product, that the output be really fantastic for the person because you're focused. And a really good example of that is I've worked with a lot of people who they might work somewhere um, like a WeWork or something like that. And it's not their email, but all day people are coming up to them and they're saying, Hey, how's, how's it going? Or do you want to go grab a coffee or look at this funny YouTube video? Yes. And it's hard to know what to do with that. But if you have really good boundaries, then you can say, I would love to grab coffee. I can't right now because I'm focused on this project and um, I really need to, to stay focused on it. If you don't have good boundaries, then you're getting the coffee, you're looking at the YouTube video, you're doing all of this stuff. Again, by the end of the day, nothing has gotten done. And so one reason that it's really good is it protects your energy. The other is that it protects the product that you're creating um, because you can actually stay focused on it. And then the third is I think that it maintains or creates sustainability. You really cannot have some sort of sustainable business without having boundaries. Because if you don't have boundaries, then you will get exhausted, you will burn out. And again, your clients will get very confused and confusion makes people pissed off and pissed off clients don't come back. And so you really need to have boundaries so that you can last in the long term. People pleasing might help in the very beginning. 
it gets them through the door and they pay the first invoice, but it does not set up a relationship that continues to generate referrals and all of that kind of stuff. So sustainability is, I think, the third really important reason. And the fourth is that when you have really good boundaries, it's much easier to maintain your policies. And policies are really, really important. Again, like I mentioned before, if, and we're talking about business, all of these can be applied anywhere in your life though, but it's really hard to maintain a payment policy if sometimes you don't have the boundary and sometimes you do. It's really hard to maintain your policy around contact. You know, in my, um, in the forms I have people sign, I have a policy about contact and it says, these are the hours that I'm available for contact and this is how long you can um, assume you might wait. And if something's more important, this is what you should do. It's an entire thing laid out. But if you don't have good boundaries, you can write that down all you want. But then if you allow them to contact you outside of that, then you're not maintaining those policies and everything that you came up with that you thought was going to be really helpful um, ends up going down the drain. So I think that those are some really important reasons, sustainability, policies, energy protection. Um, they, they help you to just be a better freelancer, in my opinion. Oh, I totally agree. Um, and I like how we've really talked about how setting boundaries, um, like we are empowered to set the expectations and set these policies. So it's our responsibility as freelancers to know when we are, we want to be available in our business. And if, if um, we want to be flexible, then um, that's okay too. But then, um, yeah, so it's also our responsibility to maybe like outlook understand this about ourselves and then outline this in a contract. And then you have these policies um, that you can communicate with the client basically um, at the beginning of the project. And then they know what to expect from you and how to interact with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to this idea of having written policies and then having self policies. So, both of those things is important, like writing something down that your client sees and also um, I think writing something down that you only see too. And so that might look like that you write down, I only check my emails once a day. I do not respond to text messages <laughs> immediately. I wait until I'm ready. I don't take invitations the same day, I plan them ahead, whatever it is, but um, writing a contract for yourself can be just as helpful as the contract you sign with the, um, with the client. And I, I ask people that I work with to write contracts for themselves all the time in their romantic relationships, friendships, families, all of that, because it's a little easier to follow when it's written down. Oh wow, that's so beautiful, yeah. Yeah, it really goes back to the relationship that you have with yourself, um, because like any relationship that you have, like business or personal, is a reflection of how you treat yourself. So it's important to get very clear on what is that relationship that you're having with yourself? What are you holding yourself accountable to? Um, so what are some tips that you have for someone who struggles with assertiveness, who struggles with really like they might know what they want um, or maybe they don't um, but bottom line they're like struggling 
to find their voice to ask for what they need and tell people what they need. Yeah, I think that starting small is really, really important. You don't have to dive into the deep end. You can decide that this is a long-term goal of yours to become more direct, transparent, um, assertive. I really like using the word transparent because I think sometimes people think assertiveness and boundaries, it sounds harsh. Transparency to me sounds gentle and it's the exact same thing as assertiveness. And so it might also even be shifting the way you think about it, that you're thinking that this is about transparency and transparency is being kind. But starting small might look like setting boundaries in low-risk relationships. For instance, if you're at a restaurant and they bring you the wrong food, getting used to saying, this is not what I ordered, can you bring me what I ordered? Um, if somebody asks you if they can butt in line at the airport and you really can't let them, you need to be there on time. Maybe it looks like saying, I'm sorry, I am also running late, so I need to stand here. I can't let you get in front of me. So you're doing it in these low-risk moments where you're never going to see these people again, but you're practicing what it means to say no or what it means to say, yes, I can do that, except blank. Um, because when you do it in those low-risk situations, what you're going to find is that it's mostly okay. 99% of the time, people react to boundaries very well. They say, absolutely, I'll bring you the right thing to eat. I'm so sorry. Or, yeah, that's cool. I get it. No worries if I can't butt in line. 99% of the time, it's fine. And I think it builds up your confidence that it's going to be okay in other areas of your life as well. The other thing that can be really important is looking around you and seeing how other people set boundaries. I can't emphasize that enough. And I used the example earlier of imagining other professionals. And so in this capacity, really look around you and start to tune in to other professionals and how they're setting boundaries and start to realize that they are no different than you that you can do the same thing as well. Um, but it can go outside of professionals too. Look when you're out at a restaurant at how people are setting boundaries. Look what happens in an airport when people are setting boundaries. And notice what happens to you when you see that. People who are uncomfortable with setting boundaries usually feel really uncomfortable when they see them. And so you might notice yourself thinking, oh my God, that was so mean. I can't believe that person wouldn't let them butt in line. Or that's so rude. Why didn't she just eat the food that was given to her? That is kind of a, a signal to you that you're not comfortable with boundaries. And I think that with that signal, you can kind of step back and think, what was it that really bothered me about that? And it's just that it feels not right for people to um, assert their needs sometimes. And why is it that I don't feel right asserting my needs? And starting to actually appreciate that people assert their needs. Starting to notice that person that made you feel uncomfortable because they set a boundary was actually somebody who's very honest and transparent. And that's something really admirable. Um, personally, for me, it's even hard. You know, I'm the first person to say, oh, we don't need to send the food back. It's fine. I'll eat what I want. But when I see somebody else do it 
instead of thinking, oh, they're so mean, I've actually started to think, wow, they're really brave. I'm proud of them for sticking up for what they want or what they need. Yeah, I, I think as a culture, it's so important that we sort of shift that narrative because we uh, I think especially with like women like when we see women being very assertive and asking for what they need it's like we judge it because almost as a culture we feel kind of intimidated by it and it's so important that we celebrate that um, and encourage that in each other and I love the example you gave earlier in the podcast too about setting boundaries being like a human to human conversation because the in the client relationship the client values you and the client wants you to be on their team because because you bring good things into their business or into their life, whatever it is that you're doing for them. So it's so important that you like approach the relationship that way. Like you're two people who bring value to each other. So like, how can we um, make this relationship work the best for both of us? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I am a huge, huge advocate for self-disclosure. I think that when we disclose how we're thinking or feeling or experiencing something that, and we do it appropriately, that our relationships flourish. And that isn't just romantic relationships. It's professional as well. I have had the best professional experiences when I've been able to tell someone how I am doing internally or how I'm feeling or thinking about something it really begins to create a human component. And again, it's appropriately, right? So we have a line, we still want to have some sort of professionalism. Otherwise, it blurs the boundaries, right? It makes them wonder, are we friends or what are we? But I think that we can often disclose more than we do. That it, we don't have to send an email that says your invoice is 30 days late, payment is due Friday, da 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 da. We can send an email that says, I noticed that your um, payment is 30 days late. I just want to give you some insight into why I collect payment this way. I collect payment this way because it really helps me to, to stay organized with what I need to do for the next month or whatever it is. But we can give people more information than we do sometimes in a really boundary appropriate way and we can create that human connection because of it what are some of the other like myths and mistakes or like buzzwords that you um, observe around setting healthy boundaries that you want that you want to like smash <laughs> well the number one is that boundaries are mean i think that that's a huge myth um that people believe that it's a way to keep people out. Um, they believe it's aggressive. A lot of, especially with women, sometimes it's seen as being bitchy. Um, and I think that what boundaries really are is a door, is telling somebody where the door is to enter the relationship and giving them that opportunity to enter the door the right way. So it's saying, you don't have to knock my door down. I'm going to actually give you the key. This is the key you have to use. And then that makes the relationship so much better. But a lot of people, when they first start to think about this concept, they feel like it's mean, it's harsh, it's all of these things. And really boundaries can be set with so much love. 
the other thing is that sometimes the other person might experience it as mean or harsh. And that doesn't mean you were being mean or harsh. It's uncomfortable sometimes for people to hear no. It's uncomfortable sometimes for people to be given direction around how something needs to go. Um, but if you don't set boundaries, then you're really not giving yourself an opportunity to learn about the other person either because you're making it way too easy on them. When you start to set boundaries, then you get to see whether or not this is somebody you can really work with because they start to show their true colors as well. Another thing that I hear a lot when, and it's, I don't know if it's like a buzzword, but it's this idea of it's like, just say no, you can just say no. And I think that gives boundaries a bad rap sometimes because you can't always just say no. That doesn't always work. And especially if we're talking about professional relationships, if someone emails you and says, can you do this for me on Saturday? And you write back, no, that's not going to work. They're going to think, they're going to think you're rude. And of course they're going to think you're rude because you're not giving them more insight. And I, I think there are some boundaries where we do not have to give any insight. There are some moments where we literally can say no, period. But I also believe that it's a disservice to make it sound like boundaries are only about saying no. Boundaries are not about saying no. Boundaries are actually about stating a positive need. And what a positive need is, is it's saying what you do want. And as human beings, we're so wired to constantly tell people what we don't want we're not very good at saying what we, we do want. And so when I'm working with people around boundaries, I push them beyond no. Okay, we wanna say no to this. We don't wanna work on Saturday. We don't wanna check the emails, but let's get beyond that. What do we want? We want more time to do our work. We want free time on Saturdays with our family. We want um, to feel respected. We want, to be paid on time. And the biggest thing about boundaries is that it's about what you want. It's not about what you don't want. And if you can make that shift, then you can become much more clear. If all you pay attention to is what you don't want, no, I don't want you to pay late. I don't want you to call me at 10 p.m., all of these things. The other person still does not know how to be successful for you. So I think, when we shift the way we think and we think it's about, I want to be paid by Monday. I want to communicate between nine and five. I want to have weekends with my family. Those are things that people can understand. And then it makes it much easier for them to have a successful interaction with us. I love that. I love the focus on the positive needs and it like that. It was a super big game changer when I heard you say, um, it's not about like shutting the door. It's about showing people where the door is like that totally changes how I think about boundaries now. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. And I think that we, when we think of them as shutting the door, which I even sometimes do like my, I, um, I emotionally am kind of triggered by something and I'm like, ah, I just want to slam the door on this person. <laughs> um, but if I can take a deep breath and shift it to, no, it's not about slamming the door. It's about telling them that's actually not where the door is at all. You can come in over here. This is the door over here. And I would love for you to enter, but you have to enter this way. 
the way that we even sound, our tone, our emotional energy, all of that totally changes. And we could even say the same words, but the client will hear it so differently. If we say, no, you can only contact me between nine to five, and it's because I'm annoyed with them and I just want to shut the door on them, they feel that. If I say, sorry, I missed your call last night, I really want to talk to you, um, I'm usually best reached between nine and five, I'm literally saying almost the same thing, but what they're hearing is, I want you to be um, connected with me. I'm opening the door for you. This is how we can talk. And it's very, very, very differently received. Yeah, that's so huge. Um, so this has been such an awesome episode. I'm really excited to get this topic into the podcast. Um, and I'm so glad we were able to connect with you. We've just been creeping on your Instagram for like months because, and, and guys, like you, if you're listening, like you have to check out her Instagram because there's just so much good content on there around all of the things that we were just talking about and more. Um, so Liz, where can people go to connect with you? Um, they want to learn more about you. I have a private therapy practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So if you want to connect with me in that way, you can go to www.abetterlifetherapy.com. I have several therapists working there and they're all fantastic. So if anyone's in the Pennsylvania area, I definitely suggest checking us out. If you want to connect with, um, resources, quotes, ideas about relationships with other people and yourself, you can follow me at Liz Listens on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook at Elizabeth Earnshaw LMFT. You can follow me there. And I run courses as well, which you can connect with through Instagram um, or at Rory, R-O-R-Y teachable.com. And that stands for relationships with others, relationships with yourself. So um, all of the courses on my course platform are about having a better relationship with yourself or other people. Cool. Yeah, you've got lots of lots of cool stuff out there. So definitely. Lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I love how I, I just realized how many therapists are like out there creating content on the internet. It never really like dawned on me. And then I was like, oh, I could follow all these therapists. So that's cool. Um, so yeah, um, thank you so much for taking the time to be on this podcast. And thank you to anybody who is listening. Um, if you liked this episode, go ahead and leave us a rating review on iTunes or connect with us on Instagram or join our Facebook community. All of that's in the show notes. And um, we'll be back in your feeds next week with a brand new episode. Until then, go be awesome. Aloha.